Beer raiding wars of the early 2000s raged pretty hard. Split into different factions, you either rode for rate beer or represented beer advocate. The rivalry between the two websites was usually pretty friendly, though it could get chippy in the comments, perhaps serving as a preview of what social media sites would later become. As the friendly skirmishes between the two big sites continued, an upstart app entered the marketplace and changed the beer ratings game. Founded in 2010 by Greg Avola and Tim Mather, Untapped jettisoned any pretenses about beer and simply presented users with a location-based social networking service that allowed them to check in beers and share them with friends. Untapped's early focus on an app instead of a flashy website presaged the dominance of cell phone-based beer ratings in a way that its competitors never fully embraced. Untapped didn't need thousands of hardcore beer geeks posting lengthy beer review screeds or tapping out long posts in internet chat forums. Instead, it focused its efforts on developing and improving its app, drawing in millions of users in the process. Back in the days when you could actually visit a bar, it was a pretty common sight to watch someone, whether alone or with friends, quietly tapping away at the familiar yellow-hued app. Searching for the beer they were drinking, tagging the location, maybe adding a photo, and clicking on the number of bottle caps out of five that they gave the beer. In the process, users earned badges as a fun way of marking their progress, in an almost gamifying way. Untapped has come in for plenty of criticism over the years, often from brewers steaming over a negative review. Others decry the so-called ticker culture, where pubgoers spend most of their time on their phone rather than interacting with others around them. Putting the criticisms aside, though, Untapped is undoubtedly a force in the beer industry, and this once tiny upstart has now pretty clearly won the beer ratings site wars. It even now owns Beer Advocate, which it purchased earlier this year. I recently spoke with co-founder Greg Avola about the development and history of Untapped, how he and his partners navigated the early days and secured funding and support for its substantial growth, and how COVID-19 has impacted its plans for 2020 and the future. Here's our conversation. My name is Greg Avola. I am the founder and chief creative officer at Untaps. And, uh, you know, my role is mainly has changed uh, recently where I'm focused more on the creative side with Untaps with our media and content division. Uh, previous to that point, I was doing a lot of the development and uh, technology side within Untaps. Um, you know, as we've grown a team, um, you know, I'm focusing more on you know, doing in-person events, which didn't time very well with, with COVID and, and things of that nature. So obviously focusing a lot on our virtual events. And we, we just did our first ever virtual festival this past weekend. And, um, you know, just a lot of things on that point, the point that I'm leading. But, you know, my, my, my intro to beer is kind of an interesting one because when I first created Untapped, I wasn't into beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, it wasn't uh, the... The choice of beverage for me, I remember in college and high school, I, you know, used to drink a lot of hard liquor and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and spit off ices and malt beverages and things <laughs> of that nature. You know, um, you know, I'll be honest, transparent. I, I just, you know, it wasn't a flavor for me. I, even the light beer uh, that you get in college didn't taste very good to me. And, you know, I wasn't really into it. So, you know, I was using Foursquare as, uh, as, as the app to keep track of where I was going in terms of places back in 2010. And my co-founder and I were like, like, well, well, 
we want to make a social app, but we liked Foursquare. We thought about how there were inherently social experiences within the beer world, but there wasn't anything from a real-time perspective. And obviously there was Beer Advocate at the time, uh, but that was more of a post experience, right? Mm-hmm. You'd go home and you'd write a, write your your, your uh, review on the beer. We wanted to create something in the moment uh, and kind of, you know, be able to kind of engage users on a different level. So, you know, we created Untapped and the very first version of it was just simply a, where are you and what are you drinking? There was no rating, no photos. There was... Uh, comment box for a review but that was it and uh, obviously it's grown to you know very uh, more in-depth application and be able to find beers and our business products and all those things that are a great part of it but you know the, the, the real concept was like you know discovering beer and you know through using the app myself I could find beers that my co-founders and friends were trying all across the world and I could flag those but hey I want to try those those are really similar and that's how I got into it and I said look if it works for me, it can work for a lot of other people as well in terms of trying to find the beers that you like. And, you know, the Greg from 10 years ago would be like, Greg, you're drinking a hazy IPA? What's yeah. wrong with you? I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely drinking a hazy IPA. It's delicious. And I think that's a lot. You know, people always ask me, say, hey, I'm not really into beer. And I always say, well, I don't think you really haven't found the right beer right. to look right now. And that thing's what we're trying to accomplish with the untapped platform is to get that in front of you, make it more of a social experience. And when you see your friends trying beers that you know that, oh, you know, John tried that beer. He's like beer. He gave it a five star. I've got to check this thing out. So, you know, from that perspective, we hope to kind of encourage people to get outside their taste profiles and experiment and try new things and educate themselves about the beer industry. And that's kind of how it all started and continue to go as, as just today. And untapped is has obviously evolved and changed over the years. Yes. Um, and there have been cert- sort of different stages. But you, as you said, it, you know, sort of in the beginning, it had, you know, a particular look and a particular feel. Um, mm-hmm. Had, you know, at that time, had you spent much time on other ratings apps or um, or was that just mainly for research to take, you know, just take a look at them and, and try to, fig- you know, suss out sort of what either competition might be or just other existing platforms might be? Yeah, our original premise of trying to model in the untapped app was always off after Foursquare. Everything we did was like, what does Foursquare do? But when we got into the real uh, guts about you know, the beer experience, we did actually check out things like Beer Advocate. And I was actually joking with Dodd recently. We were looking at my join date. And my join date was, was, uh, was August 2010, which was during the development time period mm-hmm. of what Untapped was. So yeah, I think a lot of what we did was looking at the, the market landscape and seeing exactly what people were currently doing and how we could mobilify it. Because at that time, Beer Advocate didn't have any mobile experiences, didn't right. have any kind of like, you know, on the ground kind of movement. And that still was early in that day. And I remember telling my co-founder that, is anyone going to voluntarily tell the world they're drinking an alcoholic beverage on a mobile? film while they're doing it I mean, yeah. that seemed like really taboo back then but nowadays people share a lot worse things you know, yeah. in real time right so you know we did look at a lot of the other networks out there and try to find what it was and we always keep back to the, to the main point of simplicity and education and a lot of the rating platforms out there that already existed kind of geared toward more um you know uber fans of beer just you know not uh not a wide gamut of of everyday drinkers. And we never really kind of looked at ourselves as a craft beer app. We looked at ourselves as a beer app. And our goal was to try to uh, insinuate that and educate people about what they what they drink and wh- where they can find similarities and other beverages out there. So I remember specifically in the early days, someone from the press said, hey, you know, uh, Untap's not promoting craft beer. And like, you know, our, our goal is to promote education of beer, education of beer experiences. If you want to drink and check into a Bud Light, 
that's perfectly fine. Sure. Uh, we're going to show you similar beers that may uh, kind of open your eyes to other things out there and, and whatnot. But if you want to check into Bud Light 100 times in a month, that is totally fine. And I think that's what we try to aim for here to get more of a community of people to come together, uh, whatever beer uh, kind of uh, level you're at, for lack of a better word, and communicate with everyone as a whole. And that creates a good experience for the, the, the whole environment. And when you were starting out, what was the ultimate plan? Was there, you know, were you hoping to build this into a, in a much bigger, like full-time, you know, you know, business opportunity for yourself? Or was this something mm-hmm. that was just more of a hobby on the side? Yeah. I mean, I, I think any entrepreneur or someone that starts out, if they have a, a face, they know from day one, they want to work at a company full-time and do this, you know, they're probably lying to you in a sense where you you don't really know your, your idea was to kind of build on this platform, see if it sticks and then kind of go forward. And I had built a couple other applications that didn't really go anywhere prior to untap. So, you know, from my perspective, uh, we wanted to kind of uh, see where this would go and see how, how relevant this would be in the community. Uh, I had no idea that it'd be what it is today. We're close to 8 million users, 900 million check-ins and, you know, offices all around the country and, over 80 plus employees. So never in a million years I thought it would get to this point. But I, I did believe that when we launched in 2010, that was kind of like the craft beer booming revolution, right. for lack of better words. So we got lucky, you know, with everything to kind of go into that phase and, you know, uh, you know, capture people's interest when it comes to discovering new beer around all over the world. But, you know, our, our goal was always to try to um, make it a business, but we never I would say we never thought it'd be coming to where we are today. You know, some of the ideas that we have today, like the business platform for, you know, publishing, excuse me, your menus and things of that nature, that was always from the very beginning, something we wanted to do, but mm-hmm. obviously that's a lot of time and effort. Um, you know, our badge program where we do sponsored badges for breweries and bars, that was uh, something we always did and even did prior to, to the merger back in 2016 with next last. So there were definitely some monetization and business stuff. I mean, my background is in computer science and business. So we were always thinking about, you know, you know, you know sure, if this, thing, if this thing kicks off, how are we going to make money? How right. are we going to be able to make a business? It was always in the, in the frame of mind there um, from that side. So, um, you know, never in a million years be where we are today, but definitely had a goal to try to make this full time and, and do it from that perspective. You referenced the, uh, the sale to and the partnership with Next Glass. So we're in, yeah. in 2015 and into 2016, where was Untapped at, and where were where were your minds at in terms of how to advance the business and and seeking out you know a partner or seeking out a sale? Yeah, so we we uh, you know in 2015 2016 we've been working on the project for five and a half years uh, part time, and we had about close to two or three million users at the time. Um, you can imagine, you know, what my life was like at that point, you know, building new features, supporting users, and then, you know, uh, you know, infrastructure and all that fun stuff, mm-hmm. you, you know, in a part-time position. So for us, we wanted to explore the opportunity. We felt that our size and what we had for user base and activity, we wanted to see what options were out there. And to be honest with you, we we wanted to see the first try the venture capitalist route and see if there's any opportunity there to kind of grow uh, a, a, a you know a real business from that perspective and higher up and, and things of that nature. But you know the feedback we got was that you know we had not gone full time on this ourselves and mm-hmm. we were doing this part time, so we weren't heavily interested or invested in, sure. in, the, in the company, which you know really struck us as, as strange. And we were at that time we were out of college, you know, a couple of years out of college. We had families, we had you know 
put food on the table. It wasn't a like scenario where we could go to eat ramen noodles all day sure. and, and you know for our family. So, you know, to us that kind of really stung us a little bit differently. And we thought to ourselves, you know, if we can't do the venture capitalist route, who can we partner with? Uh, we really believe that um, you know, there has to be somebody out there in our space that will be willing to work with us to get us to the next level uh, with the resources and capital. And that's kind of where Next Class came into the, to the, into the equation. And, you know, they had a lot of resources from a capital perspective, uh, heavily funded um, with angels and, and whatnot. Uh, but their product just wasn't scalable. And, and the, the Next Class product was something similar on tap, but less social, where they would actually uh, chemically review uh, a particular beer or wine. And when you're at a store, based on your taste profiles, they'll give it a score based mm-hmm. on their ratings and your uh, preferences. But of course, you know, because they had that chemical analysis that needed to be uh, done, they had to basically procure every single beer right. and, and spirit in the world, which is just not possible. I mean, right. they bought they bought a whole bunch of beer and wine to start and to build that system, but it's just not scalable. So if you have the funds to do that and you have the funds to build, you know, a chemical system to analysis of that, you know, we thought that that would be a good opportunity from a partnership perspective. So, you know, we talked numerous times with them during that that, that stage to, to, to feel this out. I mean, you know, I've never been through this process before. I want to make sure that the untapped brand was and our vision was was respected and, and maintained. And you know, anytime we deal with an acquisition or a merger, you want to you hear the horror stories from the internet about you know taking a product and ruining it. And mm-hmm. I think that one thing that you know for me is the most important part of this whole experience is the community. And uh, I really feel that we've we've made it an app and a. Uh, a situation people love to use on a daily basis and the worst thing in the world would be to have somebody take it and, and kind of rip it apart or, or you know brand it incorrectly or something along those lines so we took a lot of time to make sure that that was the right decision for us and you know we're really happy that you know this was about we're, we're approaching almost five years coming up in february uh would be the five-year anniversary of the deal uh when we started because we started in february of 2016 uh, but yeah i mean we, we are it's been a great partnership and obviously untapped has changed a lot even since that initial day. But I think that that was a good decision for us, for the community to continue to build. Cause I don't know how much, how much longer I could do 80 right, hour weeks right. for lack of a better word to support the community and support the app uh, going forward. And so when it comes to, to, you know, partnering with next class, is that a, a full sale for you and the other founders or is it you, you maintain some ownership interest? Yeah, it was definitely, uh, we maintained some ownership uh, 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 interest in the company, but it was a full uh, kind of acquisition. We kind of couched it as more of a merger because we felt that the next class brand was not as well known as the untapped brand. Mm-hmm. It's very, very odd to have a company that doesn't really, is not known for many things, acquire a company that is known. So we kind of put it more as a merger, but in reality, it was, uh, they acquired uh, all of the company, including ourselves, and we maintained uh, a percentage of the company as well going forward. But um, yeah, that was how, how it was done. And then from that point on, you know, originally we had planned on uh, making it run as a separate company. Company. So I have a subsidiary of Next Class, uh, and uh, Next Class would still operate as own, and we would hire, you know, in, engineers for Next Class and, and Untap. But you know, it exploded within the first three four months. We were hiring salespeople and uh, and support people just for Untapped as Next Class started to, to dwindle in terms of uh, of that aspect there. So we originally are going to 
plan on actually developing two apps, but because of Untapped's popularity, we ended up kind of couching the next last stuff that just became the parent company uh, for what we did at Untapped, and we didn't do any more with the next class brand from that perspective. And so when you're looking at a, a partner like next class and you're trying to figure this out, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of times with an ac- acquisition, you know, founders stick around for some period of time, often that's contractually based. You know, mm-hmm. what was the thought in terms of, you know, was this for sure that you knew you wanted to stick around for and make this more of, you know, a full-time career opportunity for yourself? Or was there a thought that maybe we do this for a couple of years, see how it goes, and then, you know, maybe go on our way? Yeah, you know, you know, for me, Untapped making that my full-time job would be a dream come true. It's not very often in the world where you start something like this from a small, you know, literally from my parents' basement. From the, it's not a joke; it really did. And then, uh, you know, and then going working your way all up to getting a full-time job. So I, I was. 100% on board of working on that. Um, you know, of course, in the back of my mind, I had left my my job. I worked for ABC News uh, in the New York City area, and I went to developer. I thought to myself, you know, if it doesn't work out, I feel like I can probably still get a job in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I did feel comfortable with a uh, a backup plan there. But you know, uh, you know, we we had planned to stick around for three years, um, and that was kind of what we agreed to do. And then. Um, from that side on, you know, I, I felt so enthralled within the business and I felt like it was going well. Um, I wanted to continue to, to do that and, and, and make it, uh, you know, a permanent fixture here. So, you know, here we are uh, four and a half years later. And I'm still here and uh, still moving and, and, and enjoying what I do. And so today, what does Untapped look like in terms of how its business development and how its business is sort of broken out? I know that there are, you know, sort of different, there's consumer-based side, there's like mm-hmm. a business-facing side. Can you work us sort of through the products that are available and, and, and how that breakdown works? Yeah, so we have three products that we make at Untapped. First is the consumer product, as you know, that ha- handles mainly the app side, the API, I mean, development for the website, mainly our consumer-based uh features. Then we have our untapped for business product, which is aimed for retail bars and restaurants um, and breweries where they can put their tap lists, get analytics on their customer base, as well as um, you know, marketing opportunities as well. And our last product, which is still really early in infancy, is called Untapped Marketplace. And what that is, is a uh, B2B product that basically allows bars and restaurants to order from distributors and self-distributing breweries uh, within one kind of Amazon-like experience. So now currently, if you're a bar owner and you want to get, you know, uh, beers from three breweries that are self-distributing, one from a distributor and one from another one, you have to go to far different places to kind of order those and keep track of all the invoicing and all that stuff and what you're going to get uh, separately. And what this product aims to do is help those bars and restaurants actually um, you know, manage the, the inventory, manage the delivery, manage everything else in one easy user interface. So that's more on the business side, but more B2B, uh, while the um, the entire business product is B2C, where the businesses are marketing toward the, the consumers. Mm-hmm. And obviously, our consumer product by itself is just for the consumer interactions uh, within the app. And for Untapped Marketplace, is that is there... You know, is that across the country or in just in particular markets? Right now, it's only in Wilmington, North Carolina. So, like I mentioned, it's really early on okay. in the process uh, for us. There's a lot of uh, 
uh, legal ramifications for us in terms of uh, uh, distributing and all that stuff. We want to make sure that it's the right product in the right spot. So mm-hmm. it, it's more like an Uber rollout in a sense. We're rollout to market to market, uh, depending on how we kind of see that, that flow, as opposed to the you know, untapped business and consumer platform that just kind of global products that have no kind of physical footprint where this one does. So, you know, we're, we're definitely still building it out. We rolled it out to Wilmington uh, about six months ago. Uh, but ultimately, with COVID, uh, it's not on a top of mind for anybody right now from an ordering perspective of bars and restaurants because sure. they're all shut down. So, um, you know, obviously rethinking that as we move toward the the post-COVID world from a delivery perspective and uh, not delivery, but you know, ordering perspective on on uh, on those things. Were you surprised at some point that um, some of the existing companies that have been out there that were you know either Beer Advocate or Rate Beer or, or others? hadn't moved into that in sort of that B2B space that they were just so sort of consumer based and and really without expanding into what did end up being, you know, what seems to have been a really smart, you know, smart, you know, business business move for untapped. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I can't speak to, to, to the why, but for us, we always wanted to do this because one of the biggest problems we saw from the very beginning was that when we users always ask us, where can I find the, this beer? And there wasn't a very good use case or, or service to do that. There were a lot of competitors that, that aimed to do that and, you know, had people updating menus, but it was never synchronized in a way where we felt the consumer platform itself was, uh, you know, useful from that situation. So I, I don't know why a lot of them didn't go down that route to me. Mm-hmm. It seems like a very natural sure. uh, progression, but for us, we always had planned to do that. So it wasn't an, an avenue like, oh, why isn't Rate Beer or Beer Advocate doing that? We'd always thought this direction we want to go in because of the problem of trying to find the beer you want is very difficult to this day. We didn't feel that we could algorithmically tell you where a beer was, but we didn't feel like that was a confident place enough to say, hey, go down to this bottle shop and get it because right. you know things could change. Um, you know, as, a, as an aside here, one of the biggest problems we had with that old system was uh, bottle shares. And we would have yeah. an algorithm we developed internally to detect when a bottle share was happening. So we didn't add those beers to the potential list of a, uh, a location. Okay. Um, so yeah. we wouldn't do it. It's something you never thought you'd have to deal with. But yes, it does. You know, we have like 10 people checking in. That's going to influence uh, behavior. So, um, but yeah, to answer your question, I, I'm not really sure why, uh, but we felt always felt that it was something that was needed because of the fact that consumers were just trying to find that beer and it wasn't a good source for it. You you mentioned sort of some of the the culture that is that is uh, developed around the Untapped app and and just sort of mm-hmm. how people use it in in the community. It's interesting to me that you've had you know one of you know Untapped has certainly received plenty of criticism for you know for mm-hmm. for you know, whether you want to use phrases like tickers or gamification yep. or whatever it is. Uh, but you know just to, and we can talk about that in a minute. But I'm just curious. So you've had to actually address in the app you know, some of the behaviors that have come in the wake of untapped in terms of like, you know, people getting together for bottle shares and to making sure that that didn't influence, you know, the, the availability at a particular location. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, a, a lot of things, you know, most, you know, as a developer, you know, with every single aspect of how someone's going to use your app. And I think we kind of adapt and iterate our processes going forward. And, you know, one of the things we've always being open and transparent with users about data, how we use it, and, and feature sets that we want to build for the community from that side. So, you know, the 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 the, the criticism we get sometimes with the tickers, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, 
people ask us all the time, like, oh, can you just tell me what badge I have coming up next if I do it? Why? And we've always said, well, no, badges are more of a specialized thing that we want you to get excited about when you earn it. And we wanted you to drive your interest to go try an IPA, but we don't want to say, hey, look, if you try an IPA, then a, a stout, and then an imperial stout, you're going to get three badges. Like, that's not right. what we intended on tap to be from that second. It, it, you know, layers deep in terms of like, if you want to see where you're at with a badge, we'll give you that detail, but we want you to make your own kind of path forward when it comes to discovering beer and, and enjoying it from that perspective. So, you know, there definitely is a ticker kind of culture for some, some avenues and, and whatnot, but we ultimately want to always re rely on our kind of original mission statement of what Untap is supposed to be, where it's a fun you know, educational uh, uh, check-in system where the goal is to kind of expand your mind and try different things and meet new friends and and uh, and have fun as opposed to being you know badge centric or you know uh, you know all the other things from that, that side but you know in reality you know before untapped even happens tickers still existed and sure. they'll still exist even if taps not there yeah you know they, they may have done it on a non-public forum like uh, uh, an excel spreadsheet or whatever or they may have done it on, on, a, on an older message board system like uh, Beer Advocate or Rape Beer. Mm -hmm. They're going to exist. So, you know, from our perspective, we didn't feel like we cultivated that. Um, you know, it was there and you know, we want to provide features for them, but also stick true to our mission statement, our vision. Yeah, I've seen plenty of guys carrying around, you know, you know three notebooks. ring binders and notebooks yeah. and everything for, mm -hmm. for many years. Um, <laughs> so that, yeah, that definitely didn't didn't start with Untap. How, how have you responded to, have you had brewers come up to you and, and criticize the product? Because certainly you go online and you hear brewers complain all the time about untapped review, reviews. Um, yeah, and, and ultimately, I don't know if they're complaining so much about the app as they are a particular individual user, just as a restaurant might complain not so much about Yelp in particular, but about a particular Yelp review. Have you had brewers come up to you and, and try to address concerns they have within the app or how... You know how it's you know how it's you know consumers have responded to a particular beer or something they think is unfair. Yeah, I mean definitely. You know, I, I talk with a lot of brewers on the platform and, and and address those concerns. But I think from from my standpoint, you know, we do live in a ratings culture where um, you know people rate everything, and you know. Uh, I always give the example like, you know, uh, look at your, your, your ratings as a, a conglomerate as opposed to the, the issue of one. And that's a lot of times what it is with breweries yeah. and everything else. It's like, you know, they look at their ratings and they have one rating that's a one star and the rest of them are five. And that one is just eating at them. And right. I, I get it. And we have apps for reviews that say you guys use Facebook for a login. Your, your app is garbage. Like you want to be like, oh, my God, I want to get on my keyboard and right. just totally try to respond. You just can't do that in the society today so what i always recommend from a beer perspective that kind of issues those those things is you know reaching out to the, the customer we have a system to do that in the application and on the web as well to kind of respond to the user and if you want to that's totally up to you but you know you have an opportunity to kind of engage with the customer in a different way prior to this you know you probably had tons of people that were giving you a one star rating you just never saw it and now they're giving an opportunity for you to see it so you can actually interact with it if you want to but the reality is it's probably in the minority. My favorite stories are ones from breweries that are just starting out. And they the first couple of months where they're doing like more friends and family, local stuff, they're getting very high ratings. And then the minute they start distributing, those ratings kind of drop down to like threes and two and a half and three and a half. And they always reach out. So oh, someone's trying to 
bring our rating down or something along those lines. And most of the time it's like, well, you are expanding to a new area. These are not friends and family anymore. These are people who give you raw opinions per se about what your beer is like. And you can use that to help in, and build your, your platform or you can ignore it. It's really up to you. But you're, once you start to get out there in the world, you're going to start getting more uh, diverse ratings from that perspective. And, you know, if you look at the, the conglomerate there and focus on the positive, then you're going to be able to succeed in that area. And then the education part is another piece that we always push as well. If someone says this beer is very sour, you can explain that this is a sour beer and that's what it's supposed to taste like or providing information around those areas. So I think there's a lot of opportunities for brewers to engage with users on this platform. Obviously, you never want to engage with trolls or, or people that just mm-hmm. continue to rate you badly. But, you know, from our perspective, we never platform to be a burden to people but more of a, a exploratory feature my favorite story is with a local brewery here in connecticut that lives about 15 minutes from my house you know they use the platform pretty substantially and the owner told me that he went home one night and just logged in untapped and saw a beer that traditionally gets about four to four and a half started getting like twos and threes and he was very surprised by that because he'd never seen that happen before and he looked at all the comments and there are people like oh soapy it tastes like soap. It tastes like soap. Soapy residue. So he went into the, the, the his bar tap room and found out that his dishwasher was overflowing and put too much soap in there and the, and the glasses okay. got, got infected. Mm-hmm. So like, there's opportunity there in my mind that without untapped, he would never have known that right. and people would, would not be able to do that. So there's definitely going to be negative signs that come out of this, but there could be silver linings that could help you know really maintain a positive experience for end users. And I think that's what we try to do with that system. So... Recently, earlier this year, um, Untapped did an acquisition with Beer Advocate. Can you sort yes. of walk us through when did those talks start and and sort of how did that how did that begin? Yeah, I mean, I think from our perspective, you know, we had always kind of talked, you know, talked with them. I, I, I know of Todd actually did not really meet him in person for a little while, which is strange because we've done this for so long. But I never had a chance to meet Todd or Jason before, uh, before we started talking about this. But I think that the, the goal of what we were trying to accomplish is the same thing that we we're trying to accomplish with Next Class and Untap is that we saw an opportunity to kind of join forces to kind of, um, you know, still be a very independent uh, beer rating site. We saw the things that happened with rate beer and uh, you know, we, we, we didn't want to become uh, we didn't want us or, or beer advocate to have to go down that route of being uh, acquired by a big major brand. And now they own all three or whatever it is. So mm-hmm. we thought about disrupting the industry together and joining forces because we do, there is a, a strong overlap of beer advocate users and untapped users, but there's also a lot, a lot of users on a beer advocate that are not an untapped. So, you know, providing that, uh, that kind of joint venture for lack of better coming together, um, you know, to, to, to uh, kind of disrupt the beer industry again for a second time was kind of a driving force between us. And we felt that we could do uh, better together than apart. And um, that's kind of how it all kind of, uh, discussed uh, in terms of getting getting all those things together, and you know Todd and and, and Jason obviously you know are, are great guys and uh, have a lot of experience in the community world running on tap. I'm sorry, running a beer advocate for such a long time, and, and again it reminded me back of when Next Class acquired Untapped, um, you know, it was a, a relatively uh, younger company acquiring an older company. And, and in terms of, of the Beer Advocate asset acquisition, we were a younger company acquiring a company that had been around for many, many years. So it reminded me a little bit of that in aspect, but the goal of it always is the same, is trying to kind of join forces to disrupt and, and make this a more independent uh, system itself and not eventually have to, 
conform or, or, or be acquired by a larger company or something like that that makes that ratings inept from that perspective. So that's kind of the driving force of joining forces there. And they remain two separate products. How do you envision that moving forward, how, you know, that sort of division and, sure. and sort of how does, how does, you know, because as you said, there is a fair amount of overlap mm-hmm. in what the, in, in, in the heart of what the two businesses do. And obviously there are certain aspects of both that are, that are different, but I'm just curious how, you know, oftentimes you will see, you know, one company acquire another and the other one just sort of it, it and its corporate culture, company culture yep. just kind of dissolve into the acquire you know, into the person who acquired. But how does that work for Beer Advocate moving forward? Yeah, I mean, definitely they, they will be independent platforms for sure. There's no plans to integrate them because that's not uh, – they, they're different personas, different people, different types of, of, of interactions. But I think that there's beneficial parts of uh, integrations between the two that would help both sides. For example, we do have a lot of data on where beer is served and where the locations are. So there could be opportunities for beer advocate users to see um, – excuse me, where they would actually buy that beer, uh, integrating that way. Um but, you know, I think that the real kind of uh, promise of the Beer Advocate side is also their community. They're incredibly passionate, just like the Untapped community as well. So leveraging those across the boards to kind of, um, you know, look, look at the beer database and try to find similarities and kind of mappings along those lines. I think one of the lofty goals I had from the very beginning of Untapped is to make the world's largest commercial database of beer. And so ultimately acquiring the assets for Beer Advocate, there's more information there that we can kind of use to kind of facilitate a, a one giant brand of, of beer databases that people can use in their own products with their API. So I think that's a, another beneficial thing from a, a joint perspective. But in terms of, you know, look and feel, um, you know, there's not going to be a, a Beer Advocate powered by Untap logo change mm-hmm. or anything of that nature. You know, they're going to be completely separate, but we can definitely leverage some of the, uh, of the things, like I mentioned, in, in the platform or both sides kind of enhance that. Would there be any plan to create any, because I know Beer Advocate had planned for a long time to do a mobile app. Uh, right. is there, would there be any plans to do that? Or is that something that just be too much, you know, too, too much in perhaps in competition with the existing untapped app? I think we definitely have to think about it. I know that, um, you know, it's something that Todd's always wanted to do from that perspective. Um, but ultimately, you know, we, we want to make sure that we continue to cultivate both communities and not uh, cannibalize ourselves when it comes to those things. Um, so, you know, it's definitely off the table, but I think that, you know, thinking about how that would work and what, what uh, differences it would have uh, from the untapped app to be kind of an uh, add-on thing or something along the lines would be important to kind of discuss to see where that, where that would go. But, you know, we ultimately, just like, you know, when you're Apple and you acquire companies, you don't want to uh, build uh, uh, you know, a competitor iPhone sure. or something along those lines. So you're not saying that that would be the case, but we just want to make sure that everyone's in a good spot, their community and our community as well. So there could be opportunities there to kind of explore that option. And then shortly after the, the Beer Advocate acquisition, um, mm-hmm. Untapped had another, another deal with, uh, I think it's PSG. Can you talk to yeah. us about how, how that worked and what happened with that? Yeah, it's been a busy first half of the yeah, year for us. And then COVID-19, obviously. But, you know, what Providence uh, Strategic Growth, which is a company out of Boston, they are a, um, you know, a strategic fund uh, that does as an investment in a lot, a lot of portfolio companies, mainly in the e-commerce space, um, you know, and also in social as well. So, you know, we looked at, at the long-term goals of what Untapped was and what we were aiming to do. And, you know, ultimately we were, you know, very fortunate to be successful with, uh, within our uh, untapped business landscape product and you know, obviously continue to grow our team. 
But looking at long term as well, we were kind of we're still bootstrapped. We're using the money from our business uh, subscriptions here to kind of funnel on different teams and needs. But things like marketing and things like, um, you know, high level executives, we didn't have an opportunity to do that because we didn't have that kind of. Uh, cash infusion mm-hmm. to help us kind of do that. We, we you know, it's not like we were running on, on fumes here, but at the same time, you know, when you're bootstrapping, you're trying to build your business and focus on the bottom line, the revenue and the revenue. And it's hard to put money to things like marketing that don't have an intrinsic value right off the top. So I think from our perspective, we wanted to grow our product and engineering groups as well as our marketing groups. And we wanted to find somebody that in the strategic uh, growth area that would get us to the next step with a large amount of infusion of cash to, to help us there. And, you know, you know, we, uh, you know, uh, Trace, uh, who, Trace Smith, who is now our the CEO of Next Flats, the parent company, um, he and, and the team worked really hard to kind of find um, the right partner and the right team that understood what we're trying to do, just as we did the same thing with Next Flats when we first started, um, find the right partners to get us to that very next level and grow our company um, substantially uh, to get to get that to the next level. So, you know, it wasn't a, um, uh, you know, this is, wasn't like a series raise or is a, a large investment where mm-hmm. uh, they provided to us to help us get to that next level. But, you know, that's, that's a big part of what we, we wanted to do uh, in terms of untapped school from the very beginning is that we want to uh, be as big as we possibly can and, and really influence the beer world in, in a better way. And it's what direction we want to go in to be able to do that. And you swapped roles after the PSG, and you said that you're now doing. I think it's a you're you're the chief con- chief content yeah. officer. Is that correct? So yeah, you're, you're saying you're doing media and content. Can you sort of walk us through a little bit, like what what that role looks like for you now? Yeah, so it's, it's chief creative officer. They before we kind of changed the role, it wasn't we didn't have any content at the time. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it basically, the, the, the what we're trying to do here is cultivate our media and content division. We typically have not spent a lot of time on social or building in uh, any media opportunities within our, our platform, which is our own media, video, uh, really kind of growing the user base and the community. We had put together a few events in the past, like I had done something called the Seven City Tour, where we picked the top seven cities in a current month uh, and with check-ins and we held events in those seven cities in seven mm-hmm. days. And it was, it was it was a pretty crazy, crazy trip the first couple of times we did this. And, um, you know, it definitely brought a lot of users. But my role is to continue to build up those those events, digital events uh, within the platform, be the voice of the community, the voice of in the media and uh, really kind of facilitate um you know, focus more attention on that as we grow as a company. You know, it's hard for me to be able to do both technology side, developing for the app and doing all those things. And in addition, you know, be the face of the company and also doing all these events. So mm. this allows me to focus more time on that. And, uh, you know, the, the first kind of brainchild uh, uh, thing that we did from this was is our Untapped TV, which is a, uh, a live and digital uh, content about beer. Uh, where we interview people. We did interview John, uh, John Hall on mm. those as well. And uh, that's our first foray into it and obviously with our virtual festival that happened this past weekend is our second kind of opportunity where we mix kind of technology and digital uh content together to 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 do something amazing so yeah that's what what i'm doing now with with the new role uh as we've moved into the psg kind of era in terms of content, obviously the last few years have been sort of rough for for beer writing and beer publications, uh, mm-hmm. including you know, eventually the folding of Beer Advocate magazine. Is there any yep. talk or consideration of getting into that area of content? 
You know, definitely not in print uh, from that perspective. I think that we're focusing more on video and digital content. Uh, that's kind of our initial assessment of, of the area. You know, there really isn't anything out there that we found of like, you know, uh, an area that focuses more mainly on, you know, uh, digital media and, and video content mm -hmm. around the beer industry. And there's, you know, there's satire stuff like the the, uh, the Netflix series Brew Brothers. Sure. And, it didn't really do too well, yeah. but, um, <laughs> but, uh, there's also other things as well that, you know, that, that, you know, we have ideas about in the future for different video content series that we've really helped can, can, can continue the mission of what Untappd is trying to do with education, but also you engage users, engage them in different ways around the beers they're drinking. And that's kind of how, uh, the Untappd TV started where we realized everyone was at home and they need something, to, you know, these big uh, companies like ABC and, and, you know, whatever can't, through content right now because no one can film anything. Right. So what, what can we do to kind of keep our, our community engaged within the application, but also talk about things that they're interested in. That's kind of where our uh, virtual happy hours came in and our sessional Saturdays. Um, and we're looking to do more of those in the future. Once we're able to get out there and actually film at breweries and, and do those things. But that's primarily the focus is trying to capture user audience and uh, user acquisition within our platform with this kind of new initiative for media. In transitioning into a discussion about COVID, um, mm -hmm. can you talk to me a little bit about how COVID impacted Untapped, you know, just you know, with its employees and its business operations? Sure. And then I'd be interested to talk a little bit more about sort of what it, you know, what sort of conclusions or thoughts uh, can be drawn from data that you've seen on the on the app as well. So let's talk about the company first. Yeah, sure. I mean, any company can tell you besides food delivery that they were impacted uh, with COVID, you know, and then saying that they're not is is lying. I mean, you know, we we are a uh, an app that people use when they go out and they check into beer. And that's primarily where it, the use case is for us. Um, so it definitely was a pretty major uh, shock to the system You know, on the 15th of of March when pretty much everything kind of shut down, um, you know, the, you know, a large amount of our revenue is coming from our business subscribers that renew on a monthly basis or a yearly basis. So now they're shut down. Um, we actually created a fund of $2 million with the PSG um, to kind of use those funds to help people that uh, were on our platform, you know, uh, defer payments and things of that nature. So um, that definitely helped um, our own customer base. So we were not, we had to do layoffs at our, our company and we laid mm -hmm. off about 40% of our staff, um, you know, around, around mainly on the sales side because we weren't really selling anything. So it definitely impacted us pretty di uh, heavily when it came to to the, the the business and the company, mm -hmm. um, you know, and and PSG came in, you know, at the same time as well. So like you know, we around the same time. So it was a it was a very weird kind of roller coaster thing. It's like yes, we're getting all this right. infusion, but we don't have any. You know, we, we're obviously going to have to lay off some people because we don't have sales or we don't have some need for support and stuff like that. So I mean, we, we, you know, we've gradually been been uh, been getting back up and and, uh, and and seeing improvements, but there was a massive you know, dip in, in, in usage, obviously, of the app. I mean, that's just a given because, you know, most people were using this out. Um, so what we did on the 25th of March is we created a brand new uh, first-of-its-kind global venue called Untapped at Home. Mm -hmm. Now, but at this point, if you wanted to check in a beer at your house, you either did two things. You would check in a beer and not at a location, or you would create a custom venue on Foursquare, our location partner, and then you'd use it as more of a kind of a pro 
not pro feature, but like a hardcore people, like sure. casual ones won't, won't do that. So with this initiative at Untapped at Home, we used it as an opportunity to really kind of push the boundaries of encouraging people to, to be safe and check it at home. Because ultimately, you know, prior to that point, people were like, well, if I share it on Twitter that I'm drinking a beer, people are going to assume I'm going to be out drinking a beer. So how do I do that by being safe? And Untapped at Home is what we kind of couched as that solution to kind of show your friends that you are uh, drinking safely at home and, and whatnot. And we still have that venue on today. I mean, obviously, COVID is not over yet, and uh, but it's definitely been really successful. We've seen, I think, over 13 uh, million check-ins on that since the launch in March. Um, so it's been a huge success for kind of keeping the, the platform um, from checking in and people engaged. And you can see everyone else around the world checking in as well on the, on the global feed for that particular venue. So it was pretty awesome to see that kind of adoption come across. But, you know, we definitely saw a, a dip in check-ins. And, you know, I remember looking at uh, some of the data coming across and it was it was pretty jarring. You know, it, we, we always had this idea that public venues like bars and restaurants played a big role in Untap, but I don't think anyone had a... Uh, um, that big of a kind of insights into it when it came to, um, you know, the, the COVID you know, situation, you know, looking back at the great Depre- uh, the depression back in, you know, 20, 2008 of the housing market crash. I mean, it's one thing for like people don't have any money in their houses go away, but bars and restaurants are still going to be open. And right. they spend a lot of time there with this, you could have all the money in the world and you still can't go get a beer. Right, so, right. you know, it, it's a big difference from that perspective that we saw a, a big dip in the usage of your application, but it's definitely coming back up. We, as places reopen, people are still going out and uh, we're seeing a lot more public venues being checked in now um, than, than they were uh, on that, on the day uh, in March. Uh, but it definitely took a hit. Um, but you know we're we're seeing positive returns right now in terms of people using the app uh, back in there. We're definitely not back to 100%. It's going to take some time, but you know um, it's been I think three months now. So we we've seen a a pretty substantial increase in terms of the check-ins over time uh, at public events, but also at at home events as well. So we're 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 really optimistic that things will be turning around relatively soon. But you know to be fully honest with you, I think the experience of being in a bar just outside of untapped is definitely going to be changed forever in terms of how these things work. You know, you used to be the situation where you'd be in a crowded bar with people for a tap takeover and you wouldn't care. I don't know how it's going to happen ever again, you know, with everyone having uh, gone through this period. And what does that mean for the future of these kind of in-person events and bars and things of that nature? I I just don't know, but we definitely saw a a big, a big dip in check-ins across the board. And, but I said before, it's, it's slowly coming up, which gives me optimistic that things are, turn turn around a little bit was there one data point you could point to to say you know that really surprised you either in the beginning of all this or as it as it has gone on in terms of just you know something that just you looked at and you're like i you know i almost can't believe my eyes on how this data looks I think that, you know, that that first, I think that the data on public check-ins to public venues um, from the the 3.14 of Saturday, I believe, to like the next Saturday, it's like like you're looking at like almost like a flat line. Right. I think that was kind of the moment you're like, oh, shit, like this is, you know, I, I, I knew that that would be a situation, but like I think. Like I said, allowing people realize how much people drink out in public mm-hmm. versus at their home. The the average thing on tap is around sixty percent of all venues include a, a a physical location, but that location could be like a home venue or you know something else. Like talking about public venues where you can attend and stuff like that. That really was kind of the key piece that I looked at and said, "Wow, I mean, 
it's a it's a real flat line there. Uh, but it, it's starting to come back up, like I mentioned. But that was something that I was uh, kind of shocked at from that perspective internally on uh, how, how things are going with that. And one of the parts of the Beer Advocate deal, uh, you know, I would presume would have been their experience with, you know, the in-person events. And yep. I know that this is something that Untapped has, has tried before and had, had you know, some, some trouble with it. We see with the Charlotte yep. event, you know, what was the, you know, what was the plan before COVID in terms of trying to do events? Yeah, so that was a major piece of the Beer, uh, beer Advocate asset acquisition. Mm-hmm. So I think that one of the things that we really uh, looking forward to is their expertise with their in-person events. So, you know, we had planned to do our annual festival again this year at the Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte on, on I think it was May 15th. And, you know, that, that, you know, that, that wasn't going to happen. So, you know, for, for, it was, in, back in November, we hired um, uh, Talia, who was our director of untapped live, which is our events business. And we hired her from MGM studio, MGM um, brand, uh, resorts. So like this was something that we had planned to put money for. Uh, we had hired a team around her, obviously with Biravicum coming in, we had the events team there work with Talia and then COVID happens just like the year before that with our lightning storm fiasco, yeah. we just couldn't get a break when it came to festivals. And, you know, uh, so we kind of had to put that on hold. And I, and I think that, you know, working in this space, I don't anticipate anything else for 2020 in terms of events. I think that's a pretty much a uh, not going to happen. Um, you know, I, I'll hold out hope for something, but in reality, I don't think that's happening. Uh, but I think from our standpoint, we wanted to use our expertise to help us with this festival because we know we had some operational issues with the prior year. I mean, one is to kind of really invest in making those changes, but unfortunately, it's just going to have to wait until we do this. But that's kind of where we, you know, backed into our virtual festival that we did this past weekend. And I think that, you know, that was a really good success. People were very uh, happy to have that kind of event. I think personally, more of it is I've been cooped up in my house for three months. It's something to do. I'm really excited about it. But at the same time, you know, they got beer delivered to their house uh, from our our partner halftime in uh, in New York, and they were able to kind of engage with our live stream that we put together over a two-day session. And I think that we did a great job with that. Uh, which which gave the events team their first ever event completed with Untap in a virtual setting. So I was happy for that team to finally be able to get something done mm-hmm. uh, in, in light of COVID and whatnot. But you know that's that was the goal was to leverage their experience to make our our our, uh, our fest really good. I mean, we went to I went to the Extreme Beer Fest in Boston. I think it was in January uh, this year. Uh, and you know, trying to understand a little what they did, uh, how we can improve our own. So you know, it was something to kind of look at, and they definitely got things nailed down from a process perspective and i think using their expertise was a big part of of that deal for 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 sure but until next year i think yeah. until we're able to use them uh, effectively well we look forward to that but until that point uh, greg thank you for your time i greatly appreciate it and we look forward to seeing you soon hopefully for a beer sounds good thanks andy thank you for listening to another episode of the beer edge podcast this show is produced by beer edge and co-hosted by myself and John Hall. We know it's lonely during COVID-19, so if you want to reach out, we look forward to hearing from you. I can be reached at BeerScribe on Twitter or via email at andy at beeredge.com. If you've got some time, and we know you do, drop a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Be sure to check out our revamped Beer Edge website, where we're posting new articles every week. Also be sure to check out John Hall's other podcast, Drink Beer, Think Beer, which drops every Wednesday. 
We'll catch you next week with another episode of the Beer Edge Podcast. Until then, stay safe and healthy.